Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Wake up, everybody, because it's another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, the podcast where we talk about the 90s hit sitcom, The Nanny. I am Shondi Pasquale, here with my co-host, Torius Sheffield. That's right. And this week, we are talking season three, episode 18, Val's Boyfriend. It was uh, written by Eric Mintz, who we haven't seen a ton of, and directed by the great Dorothy Lyman. Mintz uh, only has two writing credits uh, to his name, The Nanny and Breaker High, uh, which hmm. I don't even know. A group of students attend a high school on a cruise ship. Wow. Sounds horrendous. Oh, well, <laughs> and, and, well and this is the – well, it's interesting to me that he didn't work a ton because I – I really liked this episode. Um, and by the way, this is the episode where Val gets a boyfriend mm-hmm. who ends up hitting on Fran. And meanwhile, Cece quits when Mr. Sheffield won't make her partner in the company. Which was and, my favorite storyline in the episode. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I love, love that. that this, you know, it didn't feel random. Everything no. felt earned. Everything made sense. I literally, I wrote, I love this episode. It was working on every level. Also, Mr. Sheffield is low-key a monster to every woman in his life. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. Like we can get into it, but I was like, "Wow, man, <laughs> bad luck." He really is. Um, he he basically like um, he did some pretty awful things to both of the main women in his life this week. <laughs> but okay, but but other than that, though, I thought I I what I loved is you know it was funny what was happening. It was engaging, but it also was like furthering in. T- Character relationships, character arcs. It wasn't just like, cool, now we're uh, now we're in LA at Hollywood for no reason. <laughs> I think this it- is a good example of, you know, we talked about last week how like the, the episode just felt like things were happening for the sake of them happening and that it mm-hmm. didn't feel earned. And then, you know, we talked about like, you know, narrative or serialized storytelling. And this episode had the perfect balance, specifically with the CC storyline, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, they didn't necessarily build to this over a couple of episodes, but the nature of the character and her relationship with everybody in this in this cat, you know, in this mm-hmm. house perfectly lended itself to, yeah, you know what? At some point she probably would get fed up and be like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And just the way that then this in it it doesn't just further like Maxwell and Cece's relationship. It also has some really nice, you know, Cece Fran moments, Cece Niles. Like the, it just was working on every level um, for me. And so I'll okay. So I guess I guess we can get into it, except, <laughs> except for the kids who once again get nothing to do. <laughs> I, I but Brighton made me laugh. Brighton did. did. <laughs> he was funny. So okay. So we start this episode out with fran and val sitting in a coffee shop and they're like really gussied up they're like dressed to the nines as we established the meaning of a few episodes ago (laughs) Um, and we also established that it's like late at night because apparently this is like fran's strategy for picking up guys who are leaving the clubs um because she's like you know they're gonna leave the clubs with girls they met there and then you know, they're going to see them in the harsh light of this coffee shop and we're going to look amazing next to those, you know, you know, with their makeup smeared all over their faces and their sweaty clothes. And, you know, let me ask you a question. Is this a genius plan or is it silly? I think I think it's silly because 
realistically, if a guy has already left a club with a girl, he's put in enough work to like seal the deal with that girl. I don't think he's going to pivot. You might be able to get some sad boys who didn't get anyone at the club and now are going across the street for some coffee. Yeah, but I can tell you as a sad boy who never got anyone at a club, we don't go across the street (laughs) for coffee. We go home, jerk off, and cry. (laughs) Well... Maybe she should have factored that into her plan somehow. <laughs> she she really has should have been waiting at like a bus stop or something. Yeah. <laughs> but what ends up happening is, you know, while they're having this conversation, a guy approaches them and he's like, hi, like, what's your name? And friend literally goes, do you mind? We're having a conversation. Um, and then she goes, oh, wait, are you the owner of that Porsche we hit? <laughs> so <it's> like, <laughs> and then the guy behind her goes, wait, did you say something about a Porsche? And she's like, no. <laughs> no, never mind. Um, and then she's like, wait a second. Are, are you hitting on Val? And he's like, he th- it's funny thing is he thinks for a second. He goes, yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, my God. And then they, like, celebrate because, like, their plan has worked and Val has picked up a guy. And that, like, leads yeah. us into the opening credits. By the way, Fran's dress was so cute in this this opening. A lot of – I actually wrote two of her outfits down. Yes. I was like, this is great. But the, this pink dress was super cute, man. Fran is looking amazing this season in general. And yeah. she had several. I also noted some dresses she wore. They were awesome. Um, And then – You think it's because now we're in season three of the show is like a verified hit. And they're just like, here's more money. And she's like, close budget. I think it's a couple of things. I think she maybe has, because, you know, she's like, a, we're all slaves to the machine. I think she is even like fitter than she's ever been before. Yeah, yep, Like yep. her body is incredible. Like it was always good. But you can tell like she's been hitting the gym, doing whatever it happens to you when you get on a hit show and like probably start paying for nutrition. <laughs> but you were going to say, doing whatever happens to you when you hit a gym. <laughs> <laughs> She's hit the gym doing whatever people do there. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that would have also been totally accurate for me to say. <laughs> um, but, and then also, um, I I keep noticing this. They really like changed her hair. They did what they did to Elaine's hair. Remember how Elaine used to have like frizzy big hair on Seinfeld and then suddenly one season she had just like much more like conventionally attractive straight hair that yes. was like done. It was like I think that – um, TV stars started getting more glamorous as opposed to like real, like cute, but real. Well, and- I also think, I also think when your show's new and you're like, thank God I got this job. And they're like, you gotta, you're, you look like a moron, this character. You're like, okay, whatever. And then you get into the third season and you're like, look, I'm not going to walk around looking like an idiot. For long. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I need to, my character's got to have a makeover. Like this is, I'm not going to do this the whole time. We so then we get uh, the B plot set up. Yes. And that's CC is in Mr. Sheffield's office and she's showing him his new business cards. And she ends up showing him one that reads Sheffield Babcock Productions instead of just uh, Maxwell Sheffield Productions. And so like this is her way of broaching the topic that she like officially wants to become his business partner. And she's like, you know, you always find a way of avoiding this conversation, Maxwell. And he's like, no, I don't. And then he's like, oh, Miss Fine, is that you? Come in, come in. How's your wacky family? <laughs> like literally like grabs her and pulls her into the office. She is, she, she, and she just like immediately like launches into talking about her family, which is yeah. hilarious. Like she doesn't, she barely needs the invitation. Yeah. He asks and she's like, oh, actually. And that was actually one of my favorite jokes of the episode is, um, then the mole? no no it was after she's been blathering about like her dad's mole and like her mom or her mom's mole and her dad's like you know peeing problems 
Cece just screams, shut up. And she's like, he doesn't care. He's just pretending to want to hear what you have to say so that he doesn't have to talk to me. And then Fran goes, oh, what? And then she just goes, well, anyway, so my mom's mom, <laughs> she truly doesn't care as long as someone will listen to her talk. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it tracks. That it works. was so funny. <laughs> um, and then um, in all this blathering, she ends up revealing that Val has a boyfriend um, and everyone laughs. And she's like, no, I'm serious. She does. She's like, you know, Val has a life before I do. It's like when Rhoda got married before Mary. <laughs> um, and she reveals that like she doesn't really have anyone to talk to anymore. Like she kind of is feeling like she's missing her, her best friend. But so so we, we I think that's an important character beat for what happens later. Oh, then, Absolutely. So then Cece ushers Fran out and forces the conversation back to this, you know, partner business. And this was an interesting part because we find out some uh, context and backstory to like how long this company has been in existence, like when they started working together. And it kind of actually like fills in some questions we've had because yeah. uh, Mr. Sheffield, he's like, you know, I founded this production company when I was 17 years old and I'm not about to give half of it away. And then she's like, there wouldn't even be a Maxwell Sheffield Productions without me. And literally, like Niles in the room, and it's and you can you can see the look on his face. It's like, oh no, like this is about to get bad. And uh, Mr. Sheffield's even like Niles, like, can you please leave? I and love this. Like, I love yeah. this. And he throws he throws more dirt on the floor, and he goes, "Yeah, it's just finishing up." <laughs> yes, because yes, he wants an excuse to be in the to room for this whole blowout. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, Mr. Sheffield's like, "I produced seven shows before you became my secretary." And then she like kind of implies that like, yeah, he did produce seven shows back in England that and like nobody remembers them and they were they all, all flopped. Sucked. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then he's like, well, if you don't like it, you should leave. And so she does. She straight up quits. And like, yeah. this is one of the few, you know, it's kind of cool because you're like, I'm on team Cece here for yeah. like, I, I like she's making some valid points and we know he's, he's a petty child in a lot of ways. Um, so it kind of was nice to just you know see her follow through on that yeah um, i mean you know and it's like again i i really think that this one felt earned as opposed to just oh well we need something to happen here so cc's gonna quit today like mm -hmm. it, it felt earned it was mm -hmm. you know it, and part of it is i think part of it is because they have so much backstory that they were able to dive into that it was believable that she had reached a, a tipping point where she's like, Hey man, like, I, you know, okay, sure. I started as your secretary, but like, I have been here for years and years. Mm -hmm. At what point do I get elevated to partner? Mm -hmm. And that's a reasonable request, you know? Yep. Um, and which, yeah, did put me on team CC too. Yeah, where I was yeah. Like, yeah. Give her a raise. Fuck you. Well, cause yeah. And also I think, you know, it's cool to have this in season three because let's say this had been like season one, episode three. It, you're right. It would feel completely unearned. We'd be like, oh, you're giving us a ton of exposition so that we care Just about so we this. can get to this. Yes. yes but it's exactly. like the fact that you know, we see CC's always at the mansion. CC's always trying to talk to him about mm -hmm. business. She's always like, you know, always working. Um, and so she it, works incredibly hard for him and it, and it shows mm -hmm. she really does. Um, and so then, then we go to a scene that's later that week It's Mr. Sheffield in the kitchen and Brighton, he literally, he's like, dad, like is Fran around? And Mr. Sheffield's like, no. And then he's like, oh, thank God. And she's like, she took me shoe shopping with her. We got facials. Uh, she made me watch both the Barbara and Judy Garland versions of a star is born. She's turning <laughs> me into Val. 
And like we realized that, and then, and then no sooner does he say like, she's turning me into Valdez. Fran come in a bathrobe holding a Yentl record. And then she's like, Brighton, can you hear me? <laughs> and he literally runs out screaming um, because she's so starved for her best friend. She's got, I like that. I also like the, the very 90s detail of her having Gentle on Laserdisc. Yes. I thought yes. that was so great. I was like, oh, yeah, this would have been when everyone was like, you know, Laserdisc is the future. So, and the this is so far removed that some of our younger listeners, they won't understand any of this because I was about to be like, yeah, you know, there was this period of time after VHS where it was like, is it going to be DVDs? Is it going to be Laserdisc? And these people are probably like, what the, what the hell is a DVD? <laughs> like, we're so far removed from that conversation now that it doesn't even – it makes sense on – doesn't true. make sense on several levels. But so – Okay, so Brighton runs out screaming, and then Mr. Sheffield is like, you know, Miss Fine, you know, maybe I can hang out with you tonight. Like, I can be your little replacement best friend. So, you know, like, what do you, what do you and Val usually do? And she's like, well, we usually, you know, we file our nails and we talk about our fantasy, you know, like when our parents are going to move to Florida. And he's like, I have fantasies too. Cats, closing. Phantom, closing. Sunset Boulevard, closing. <laughs> He's just, they're all fantasies about Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, failing. failing, yeah. <laughs> yep. And then um, she's like, well, then sometimes we also talk about fa- our fantasies about men. What about you? And then he accidentally reveals that he's had a sex dream about a member of Wings <laughs> because he, uh, she, he, he, like, just instantly is like, oh, what about me? Well, here's my fantasies about men. He realizes he said it and that she's surprised. And then he like kind of clumsily leaves the room and he's like, I'm going to go talk about – I'm going to go watch sports, which I thought was like – we've seen better jokes. Much better jokes. Like this show's a little better than that. I agree. I agree. It was was a very – it was the laziest that we've seen this show be for sure. I think the – what I would have loved to have seen was he would have said that and she would have just maybe like shrugged like, yeah, like he's – you know, like, yeah, he's cute. Like kind of just like been non-phased or Mm non-plussed by it completely. Would have been like almost a funnier and less expected beat um, in a good way. Uh, But then – so that happens. And then Val enters and she's with her new boyfriend, Polly. (laughs) And – Val goes off to use the bathroom. Real, real weird guy too. They, like, they they really cast oof. like a very strange looking man. Kind he's of like, wearing a leather duster. Yeah. And he like walks with this bizarre bouncy sway. Like <laughs> he was such a loser. Like he was, he was such a loser. <laughs> I, oh, I, yeah, like. Yeah, it was it was it was very specific casting. They really had like a type in mind for Val and it was awkward loser. <laughs> it's like I feel almost bad saying this, but it's like he is if you have a friend that has like low self-confidence, this is probably the type of guy they would think they deserved. <laughs> Just like That's sad. I know, but like you're like, "Oh no." Like a guy who probably is like unemployed. Like they probably have a great career and yet like they're dating a guy who's unemployed, you know, because there's something in their wiring where they're like, yeah, like, you know, I'm just grateful he wants me. <laughs> and it's what just is, like, no. What does Val do? Do we know what Val does? She works well, at a- She got fired from the vital, for, from bridal, the bridal shop, shop when right. Heather Biblo and Danny got engaged. Right. But we don't know. She didn't get another job since. I mean, I would, I would hope they gave her that job back. <laughs> you know, water under the bridge now. True. But so, um, so, oh. Val goes off to use the bathroom and then, you know, Fran says something like, you know, um, 
I, I, I am happy for Val because you make her happy. And I, you know, I think we're going to be great friends, Polly. And they go in for a hug and then he like gropes her butt. Yeah. He just goes for it. And that's like, and she kind of has this look on her face. It's like, like two two full handfuls, like (laughs) a cheek in each hand, just a big old squeeze. I mean, he really like, he may have done a squeeze and a spread even. It was a lot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and so it's like she looks like just shocked and horrified, and like yep. that's the end of that scene. And then I think it might be like the next day, even we cut to a totally different thing, which is CC stops by the house. And by the way, she was wearing a gorgeous coat. I loved that coat she's wearing. Yeah, <laughs> and she says she's uh, stopping by to get her things. And she also casually mentions that she's currently in talks with Marvin Hamlish to open a production company with him. You know, great famed, you probably know so much more about him than I do. I just know. Yeah. Great. Like famed Broadway composer. Yes. Right. Yes. It was a, it's a huge get for her. Like (laughs) it's interesting with, with Cece because they do sometimes make it seem like she has more famous friends than she brings to the table with Maxwell because she's constantly name dropping and getting in with these people. But like, yeah, Hamlish is like a, I mean, he's like an EGOT winner, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's gotten all of the things that he got his Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. I read for. he's also won a Pulitzer and he's like the only person with like an EGOT and a Pulitzer prize. Yep. yep. Uh, um, he, and she's like, she's like, oh, well, you know, I'm actually in production uh, in like talk with Marvin Hamlish. I, I no, excuse me. I just need to get my things. You know, it's going to take me forever to pack them up. At which point Niles comes in wheeling all of her be- belongings on a cart, which he has already packed up and he, while humming ding dong, the witch is dead. <laughs> and, you know, just like, he's clearly like, could not, he could not get her stuff out of the house soon enough, right? And be done yeah. with her, ostensibly at least. And then though we cut to Niles later that week in the kitchen, and he's like low-key shoveling food in his mouth while yes. Mr. Sheffield is talking to him. And Mr. Sheffield, of course, is like – Well, he's compl- like stress eating. Yes, he is. Yeah. And Mr. <laughs> Sheffield, meanwhile, is like, oh, you know, there's all these piles and piles of scripts in my office, you know – I, I guess I didn't realize that, you know, Miss Babcock usually sorted through them. So it's like we already are getting the sense that he was underappreciating Cece's contribution to the business, right? Like it's already affecting him that she's gone. And then meanwhile, he's looking at Niles and he's like, Niles, like, do you think you could actually miss Miss Babcock and you're substituting insulting her with eating? And Niles is literally like, that's ridiculous. And then he walks to the freezer and he's like, what happened to the chunky monkey hidden behind the piece? And then Fran, Fran walks in and she goes, been there, done that. <laughs> really made me laugh as a way to describe that like you got to the hidden ice cream first. First, yeah. Yeah. Um, and okay, so this next part, I was literally like, oh my God, like Maxwell Sheffield, like you're a, you're a monster because so now she's in the kitchen and it's Fran and not, sorry, it's Mr. Sheffield and Niles. And she's like, Oh, Mr. Sheffield, the weirdest thing happened. I I think Val's boyfriend made a pass at me. He like groped me. And then Mr. Sheffield instantly doubts her story and, (laughs) and implies that she probably just quote imagined it and then convinces her that, you know, she's probably just creating problems because she misses having her friend. Not Mr. Sheffield's best moment. <laughs> no, no. And the worst thing is that kind of resolves it. Fran's like, 
you're probably right. <laughs> it's like, no, dude, he groped you. Like, but so, but you know, stand up was, for yourself, girl. That's Mr. Sheffield's hot take. <laughs> and then uh, Cece uh, enters to, you know, she says it's to quote drop off some old contracts, but really, it's clearly to show off this newspaper where, which is featuring a photo of her and Marvin Hamlish together. And Mr. Sheffield literally acts like he couldn't care less. Um, and like kind of like saunters out and makes some like derisive comment about it. And then this was actually really sweet and sad because now we have Fran and Cece in the kitchen together. Fran is desperately missing her friend. Cece's lonely and like isn't getting the reaction she's hoping for from Maxwell. And Fran's literally like, you know, Miss Babcock, would you maybe want to? And before she even finishes, Cece's like, yes, yes, I'd love to. <laughs> and, and Fran's like, well, you didn't even let me finish, uh, you know? And then she's like, well, we can go to dinner. It'll be my treat. And Fran's like, okay, I guess, yeah, we'll go and we'll we'll talk. And Cece goes, about what? And Fran's like, <laughs> we'll drink. <laughs> like, um, And then this amazing scene ensued. This was such a good this, scene. This was the best scene. Yeah. We cut to Fran and Cece at a sushi restaurant. And Fran has clearly never had sushi before. She's like trying to eat one of the plastic shrimp off a platter. Um, and we set up this incredible gag where – um, she's never had wasabi. And she's like, what's this? And Cece's like, oh, it's it's this type of mustard. And Fran's like, oh, I love mustard. And while Cece's talking, we see that Fran is piling Just wasabi. piling, piling. <laughs> and so while she's doing that, Cece's- So gross. Right? And while that's happening, Cece confesses that she doesn't actually know Marvin Hamler. She just had some friend who worked as an editor at that newspaper who doctored the photo. And she's like, that whole cover was a, f- was, was a fake. And then Fran's like, you mean Pepe didn't really land the plane? Which is <laughs> a really funny callback because – also on that cover was a story of a dog that landed a plane. <laughs> so Fran's like super like, oh, no. But so anyway, while Cece's talking, Fran takes this huge bite of wasabi and she literally grasps her throat, falls to the floor choking. <laughs> the whole while Cece doesn't even notice because Cece is just looking off in the other direction being like, oh, Miss Fine, can you please help me get my job back? If you can convince Maxwell to take me back for old time's sake. And then by the time Fran has recovered and is finally sitting back in her chair, this epic moment happened where she goes in like a completely non-Fran voice, goes, wow, that mustard really clears up the nasal (laughs) passageways. So it's like Fran Drescher – Doing an imitation of a person who does not who have a nasal talk like voice. Fran Drescher, yeah. Yes. And like totally normal, right? And then she's like, I wonder how long it'll last. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was such a great beat. The audience loves it, right? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, oh, they ate it up. It. They ate it up. So it's very Lucille Ball. Yes. Oh, yeah. She Great. Goes, it was like it was the falling off the chair too. It's like she like falls to the ground. It's great. It's it's perfectly done. I loved it. Yep, yep. And so so we established that we now know that Cece is not actually you know in cahoots with Marvin Hamlish, and she's desperate to get her job back. And so the next scene um, we have Fran in the foyer with Mr. Sheffield and he actually this is another moment you he's starting to realize that Cece was a lot more valuable than he than he was acknowledging because he's like oh I just can't schmooze the way she can and he almost wistfully is like I just can't be as insincere as she is (laughs) (laughs) which is like a great a great line and then you know Mr. Sheffield walks off and the doorbell rings and it's Polly and he actually – she's like, oh, where's Val? And he's like, oh, she stepped in some dog poop. So she went off to get a lottery ticket, <laughs> which I guess it's supposed to be lucky. Oh, is that what that is? I, I didn't get what, what that, that meant. Oh, okay. I think that's like a that thing. So then, you know, Fran's like – because Fran had been convinced by Mr. Sheffield that, you know, Polly had actually done nothing to her, <laughs> she starts to apologize. And she's like, I'm really sorry, Polly, you know. I think I had a really weird reaction after I saw you last because this is so hilarious. But, you know, I thought you were hitting on me. And he's literally like, <laughs> and then he grabs her and dips her and kisses her, you know, yeah. uh, on like, uh, like, uh, yeah, like the, the sailor picture. Yeah, right? Yeah. At which point Val walks in and she gasps. And I I don't know about you, but I was so relieved that Val instantly sides with Fran. Val's kind of like, get off of her. And then, you know, they're both like, get the the hell out of here. And I was like afraid it would become this drama of Val being like, Fran, how could you do this to me? Right? Like you were kissing my boyfriend. No, not for a second. Well, I'm glad. It made me be like, I love their friendship. And I went, a welcome relief from Mr. Sheffield's gaslighting (laughs) was was just, you know, a woman supporting another woman. (laughs) Um, And so that resolves that. Like, basically, you know, it's over between, you know, Val and Polly. But then it's funny because Fran's, you know, Fran's like, good riddance. Though he was a good kisser. And Val's like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. And that's that. And then we cut to the next night. And it's actually the night of this big benefit um, that – Mr. Sheffield and Cece were originally going to go to together, but um, now he's going to take Fran because obviously Cece's out of the picture. And she descends the stairs, I wrote, looking fabulous. Yellow and white dress, fits her like a glove. Um, just, I mean, she looks knockout. Yeah. Um, and then – Yeah, this the was the door- other dress that I really liked. And also in the in the scene where she first tells – uh, Mr. Sheffield about Val's boyfriend making a pass. She's wearing like a mosaic tile jacket. I also really liked that that mm-hmm. crazy jacket. Oh man, that thing looked awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's just just fantastic. Mm-hmm. All of it fantastic. And um, then the doorbell rings and CC comes in, and um, we've established that. Oh, so sorry. I think Mr. Sheffield is not in the room in this exact moment because Fran answers the door and Fran's like, what are you doing here? And Cece's like, 
you told me to come over before the benefit because you said you had some big master plan to, you know, get Mr. Sheffield to hire me back. <laughs> and then Fran like is like, that was tonight. And then she's like, I'm just pulling your leg. So we established that Fran has this plan in place, right? Yeah. So then Mr. Sheffield walks in again. He's like, Cece, like, what are you doing here? And she's basically like, I, I just need to pick something up real quick. And Fran's like, yeah, um, you know, Marvin Hamlish is just waiting for her in the limo outside. And Cece's literally like, he is. And Fran's like, go with it. Like, shut up. Go with it. And then I think the doorbell rings again and it's Marvin Hamlish. And he's like, Cece, I'm just, you know, uh, oh, and like the audience goes crazy because it's like, you know, it's a big, big like get, right? Like, you know, it's just cheering, big special guest. And then he's like, Cece, I just wanted to see like if you were going to be much longer. And then she's like, oh, like, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly exactly what they talk about. Oh, because Fran goes, I'm one of your biggest fans. Can you send me an autographed picture? And he's like, sure. And then she goes, have it say to Fran, love Barbara Streisand, <laughs> which I thought was such a funny beat to ask someone to yeah, send so you an good. autographed picture from somebody else. Um, and then, you know, oh, Marvin like looks at Mixer Sheffield and he's like, well, you know, I'm just so happy to be working with Cece. I, I guess your loss is my gain. Um, and that's like, too much for Mr. Sheffield to bear. Oh, and we had also established that when Mr. Sheffield was trying to smooth, schmooze earlier in the week, the way that Cece does, he clearly accidentally accepted a date from Harvey Firestein. Because <laughs> he's bad at so it's like no sooner does Marvin Hamler say, like, your loss is my gain, does Niles come in and say, Sir, Harvey Firestein's on the phone. He wants to know if you want nuts in your pesto sauce. <laughs> and and like Mr. Sheffield literally just like screams in agony and he's like, you know, he begs Cece back, right? And he's like, um, you know, please come work with me. I'm sorry. Um, and then she's like, well, are you going to make me partner? And he's like, I can't do that, but like I'll make you vice president and I'll give you like 2% in the company or something like that, which is not that great, no, I would say. Not, it, was, it was like a paltry offer. <laughs> yeah, I would have I would have wished – I would have liked something more substantial, if not partner. Same. And then, but she still comes back anyway. And then Niles makes a jab at her, but then goes, "Welcome back!" Like he's he, Niles is clearly so pleased that she's back. So Cece and Mister Sheffield leave for the benefit together, as was originally planned. And so it's just Marvin Hamlish, um, Niles, and Fran. And Niles starts to say how big a fan he is of Hamlish, and then Fran's like. Oh, Niles, no. This is just my music teacher from high school. He's a dead ringer from Marvin Hamlish. And then Marvin Hamlish goes, I personally don't see it. Which I think is just like, a, that's a comedically genius thing to do. Like to get the actual person there. And, and then, then be like, nah. He's just a <laughs> Oh, no. He just looks a lot like him. And then, then Fran turns to Niles and whispers, poor guy living in the shadow of a genius when he has no talent himself. And then and then Marvin Hamlish sits down at the piano and starts playing this like amazingly beautiful and complicated piece. And Fran's just like, sad, isn't it? <laughs> it was just, it was, it was a good very thing to humor about himself. Yes, it was yeah. hilarious. Um, and that, that's literally the whole episode. That was it. We get, yeah, yeah, we get resolution all around. It was good. I like this one. I thought it was... Um, I thought it was, you know, like we said, it 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 all felt so earned that it was very easy to like root for people and feel stakes in things, and you know, we know Fran and Val well enough that we don't want to see their relationship fall apart, like mm -hmm. you know, Cece and and all of her interactions with everybody 
you know, we're invested in those relationships too already. So yeah, it was, it was a fun episode. I really liked it. Yeah. I, I, this is my favorite in a long time. Um, all right. Well, so then let's get into some segments mm-hmm. and now segments. So segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments and now segments segments, uh, with Sean and Toria. Um, I really liked it when Cece referred to Niles as remains of decay. <laughs> Um, which is a uh, remains of the day reference, which is a famous book about a butler, also a movie about a butler. But I just I thought that was clever. It was a good it was a good good mm-hmm. reference that took me a minute because it's been so long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I also liked when Cece making a jab at Mr. Sheffield was like, "You've met Marvin, remember the night he got the Tony and you got the French onion soup?" <laughs> and I was like, "Ooh, Ooh girl." <laughs> Mm-hmm. you're so weird. Yeah, and then uh, I just loved that Marvin Hamlish look-alike bit at the end. I also liked um, Fran explaining that the doctor calls her mother's mole a mood mole because it's constantly changing. <laughs> <laughs> a so mood dangerous, mole. Uh, yeah, very dangerous. It's like, oh, does she have face cancer? Is she okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did like that, and um, – uh, let's see what else. I think, I think you mentioned my other ones and, and, you know, and I just, I really loved Yentl on Laserdisc feels like such an obsolete, unnecessary mm-hmm. thing to even exist. You know, mm-hmm. I almost want to the- buy a copy of Yentl on Laserdisc <laughs> and frame it and put it on my wall. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> What's that? Oh, it's my Yentl on Laserdisc. <laughs> Laserdisc. <laughs> um, and I did really like that Pepe the dog line. Like, so Pepe <laughs> didn't really land the plane? <laughs> <laughs> that was the most concerning thing about the faking the headline thing to her. Yeah. Um, there was no Yiddish this episode. None. We were Yiddish but- deprived. Mm-hmm. It's okay. As we say, it happens. Um, and this – oh, you know what? Before I say the nanny trivia, I wanted – I forgot to double check. Uh, I wanted to say which listener told me about this. So oh, hold on. I'll vamp for a second. So here's the thing, folks. <laughs> What's the I don't know. If, I don't know. <laughs> Here's the things, folks. Let me tell you about eugenics. Um, <laughs> no, guys, listen. This is a good time for me to remind everybody that we are on all of the platforms where you can listen to podcasts: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher. Uh, so wherever you do listen, or if you don't like the place you listen, and you want to switch it up, it's available everywhere, but definitely give us a five-star review and leave a rating and share the podcast. Cause we just want to keep growing our audience and find more and more nanny stands out there until we can, uh, really call ourselves the preeminent home for all nanny things. Cause that's what Tori and I were always meant to do with our lives. <laughs> yeah. All right, Toria, what did you find out? Um, Okay. So this came in from uh, one of our listeners, Marcy from New Jersey. She um, let us know that Dorothy Lineman. Hi, Marcy. How are you? Oh, oh, are we not doing live calls? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we can give her time to answer. So, you know, (laughs) but so Dorothy Lineman was in mama's family and she brought it up because 
uh, there was an episode where uh, Fran made a crack about how like, you know, British people shouldn't talk about style. Like the royal wedding photo looked like mama's family. And then she was like, oh, maybe that was kind of like an inside joke because Dorothy Lyman was a mama's family cast member. And I was like, was she? So then I looked it up. I'm like, I totally recognize her. Like, I remember that oh, character. Yeah. She was, and, you know, she was like the pretty sort of silly daughter-in-law who yeah. always was at odds with um, mom. All my children. What? What about it? Was it? She was on All My Children too, I think. Yes. Right? Yes. Well, yeah. She was also on All My Children. And Mama's but Family. I remembered yeah. her from Mama's Family. And so she's really, you know, was a – really talented comedic actress as well. Um, And so it makes me happy that she transitioned to like this, like very um, kind of prolific director in terms of TV. She, I think pretty cool, right? Like that, the, 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 what a career path from like super talented actress to like, yeah, constantly working television director. Yeah. And I think like, um, it might be season three, four or something, but in one of these seasons, she directed like all but three of the episodes or something like that, like yeah. something crazy, like really high volume of output. But yeah, if you if you Google her and look at photos, like, and if you remember sort of the the TV shows that used to be in syndication a ton, at least in the '90s, you're going to be like, oh yeah, like I recognize. And her. she's still working. Like if you look at her credits, she stopped. It looks like she stopped directing in like 2010, but like. You know, she's got a, uh, the practice, Judging Amy, CSI Miami. She just pops up. She was on Law and Order as a principal. She was on, you know, uh, FBI, The Blacklist. I mean, all the way up to, you know, uh, 2022, The Girl from Plainville mini TV series. So what I re- what I remember cool. her for is many of her dresses were always off the shoulder. <laughs> when, oh. I, when I envision her in Mama's Family. It's with an off the shoulder dress. Uh-huh. Interesting. Which is kind of hard to pull off. So, yeah. you know, I think maybe that's her greatest accomplishment after <laughs> after everything you just said. Thank you. No, just kidding, Dorothy. That's not what I think at all. No, I- it is, Dorothy. <laughs> Believe no, it's it. it's not. It's not. And then the Fran or the CC. Mm. I mean, this was. Well, huh. you did famously storm out and quit when we all worked at Bunny Ears that one time. To be you, made partner. Yeah, because you wanted to be made partner. And Mac was like, but what are you talking about? It's a company about me. And you were like, yeah, well, I had something to do with you. I watched your movie when I was a kid. And uh-huh. it was like, what? And then you stormed out. Yep. So I do I do feel like we should consider that when deciding well, who the brand of the CC is. I was going to say – I definitely relate to the CC life dilemma more than the Fran life dilemma in Mm -hmm. this context. But maybe we all do, which is sort of like negotiating the business world, navigating the business world, like asking for more, figuring it out. I have luckily never been in that Fran Val situation where, you know, I was like, Um, oh my God, is my boyfriend hitting on me? It's funny because I – have been in a situation <gasps> where my friend's girlfriend hit on me. <gasps> and here's what I'll say. Uh, they were in an open relationship and the, the, that never changed at any point. So yeah, I mean, I, I guess in this sense, I've been there, but uh, it did also all work out well. So, you know, I did, don't know. It did, happens. Um did the father figure in your life doubt your story? Like- yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I went to my Mr. Sheffield and he was like, mm, I don't know. Um, 
So yeah, so there we go. Fran and Cece this week are, are you're the Cece, I'm the Fran. And mm-hmm. and then I guess that's it, right? That's Also that's just to clarify, just in case any listeners would not understand, I didn't ever actually storm out of any <laughs> work meetings demanding more pay. Oh my like god, that. no, never. That was a that was a joke. That was a bit. That was a bit, folks. If you haven't picked like up on our bits by now, then I don't know. Sometimes my family who will be like, did that happen? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, that's funny. No, Toria yeah. was beloved at Bunny Ears uh, every minute of every Because I'm so lovable. Because she's so lovable. Um, um, and so- on that note, please reach out to us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at oh Mr. Chef Pod to tell Toria how lovable she is because she needs to be constantly be reminded of such. Const- constant <laughs> validation. Yeah. Con- yeah. And, and her so- validation, when she gets validated, she'll validate me. So it, it really does trickle down. Yeah, I'll be in a better mood and I won't just be horrible to him like usual. <laughs> That's right. um, well, thanks everyone for listening. We appreciate yeah. you so, so much. That's right. And we'll see you next week. We're or almost at the end, uh, season three. So we'll yeah. have to do something big for the finale. I don't know what. I'm teasing something now, but we have nothing planned. So uh, Suicide <laughs> pact. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Right. Bye. The Flashing Girl from Flushing. Name Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine. <laughs> <laughs>